Welcome, everybody, to the Concrete Conservative. You're talking to Mac on the Rock, WSQF 94.5, where I blink once I said it, blink twice, you missed it. I'm here with glorious and super intelligent, super victorious attorney extraordinaire and an author. I don't know who's better than whom, but we'll find out today in the show. We have a special guest, someone who's like a blast from my Asian past, even before I was born. He's a descendant of the Mestre family, and his name is Lou Aguilar. Lou, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me here. Yes. Uh, now, keep in mind we're on the radio, so you guys got to get closer to the microphone without hugging each other. In fact, what we can do is, Ed, why don't you come over here since we're two men in a show. You know, we're going to get a call in 10 minutes. We're going to get a call in 10 minutes, but there seems to be an issue right now where... I'm getting some kind of feedback from the microphone. Never mind, you're right. You're absolutely right. I need that microphone. But I'm getting a, a technical difficulty, and you guys, I don't know what's the story. I can hear you guys, but not that well, and I want to know why. WSQF 94.5 FM in Key Biscayne. Yeah. The Concrete Conservatives Talk Show, your evacuation route from socialist nonsense. Okay, so there's an issue going on here, and I'm having... I'm having. I can hear myself pretty well, but I don't seem to. I'm, I don't seem to be hearing you guys very well. Well, why don't we tell the audience about Lou's background? He has been a screenwriter in Hollywood, and he is a columnist for the American Spectator. In fact, he just uh, dropped an article this morning. Why don't you tell us about that? The one you, you just this published. Is, it's it's called the Invisible White Man in Hollywood, which is the. In da- I won't say endangered. I would say. Of the white male, straight white male hero right. in, in current Hollywood. Okay, so I, I would say that what you're really witnessing is the extinction of current Hollywood. Well, it, it's hurting them. Yes, it's but they don't them. care. They don't care. They don't care about the money because no, no. it's their ideology. They want to worship their God and they give up money to do that. Well, they, they care about them. I mean, everybody cares right, about right, them. Right, right, right. But they they don't see it. They don't make a connection between <clears throat> being woke and being broke. Right. That's what we say. Go go woke, yeah. get broke. Yeah. Get woke, go broke. And, and they think they can... First of all, they think that everybody that isn't in New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco... Is nowhere. It's basically deplorable. They don't really want them. Right. But they if there was a way they could get us... They want to kill us. They want to destroy no, no, us. They want us to disappear. Well, they, they do, yes. they do want us to disappear. But I'm, trying, I'm, I'm trying to be realistic. They just can't believe it. We, that, that people would be Yeah, they, 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 they don't understand it. I mean, they, they spend all day talking to, and, and, you know, to each I've, other. I've been in the trenches. I was, I was there in Venice Beach screenwriter for 12 years. Had like three movies made. But all they right. weren't. It, it, it wasn't that bad when I got there. Okay. What year would you get there? In 1990, 1992. I was okay. there from 92 to 2002. Hmm. And now, you're, uh, you, were, you got an award for the, the 35th out of 50 B movies. Maxim Magazine. Are they even around anymore? I don't think I don't so. Know. But they were pretty big. All right, so we got a caller here. Oh. This is WSQF 94.5. You're here with author Lou Aguilar. Ed Vidal, and of course, Mac on the Rock at WSQF 94.5, the Concrete Conservative. 
Who do I have a pleasure to speak with? Oh, this is Alan Huber. I'm calling in. Thank you very much for calling. This is the first time you and I meet. Uh, I'm sure you've met and talked to, well, maybe you haven't met, but you probably talked to Ed Vidal. So, Ed, uh, why don't you welcome your guest? Alan, thank you very much for calling in. I was telling everyone that you are an expert in how to talk to libtards. Is that correct? Well, I use the word liberals, but libtards is fine if that's what you use. No, uh, it's okay. It's per- about converting a liberal and Democrat by asking questions. There you go. Uh-huh. Well, you, you should love that because he's, Alan works on how to convert progressives by asking questions. That's good. That's good reasoning. That's a good strategy. That is a good strategy. And uh, uh, you are, uh, i got to know your background because Ed is keeping to himself again. Ed, could you explain to the audience? Well, that... why don't you let Alan tell us about himself? Okay, why don't you ask the question? Alan, hey, hey, Alan, what's up? You know, let's be a concrete conservative here. Let's be concrete here and concise. Tell us about yourself. What makes, I've said a lot of people, what makes me different is I've gone over to Bangladesh and Pakistan to train the telemarketers that call you up at 6 o'clock at night. So, you know, nobody picks up the phone at 6 o'clock expecting to buy, you know, 200 dollars worth of magazines, but somehow by utilizing sales techniques instead of arguing and debating with you, they get you to do things you don't want to do. And so I realized that we sound like college professors when we start debating because we have all the facts. We have facts, they have emotions. It's not getting us anywhere. It's like my daughter would say when she turned 18, Dad, you're lecturing. And the minute they say you're lecturing, it doesn't matter how smart you are, they don't hear a word you have to say. So the entire concept here is utilizing sales techniques to convert liberals and progressives or whatever else you want to call them. Uh, and it's become very effective. I've been speaking all over. And people just tell, go, it works. It really works. Well, why don't you give us some examples? Okay. So, let's take immigration as an example. Okay? And how many times have we heard, you know that statue? Give us your tired, your poor. And now we're on the defensive, right? And we start explaining this between legal and illegal. And, and I ask only one question. After they wave to that statue, where do they go next? You know the answer? The answer? No. Go what where? The they wave to that statue. They went to Ellis Island. Ah. It's Ellis Island. It's an ICE facility, CBP facility, where you checked in and you registered. Okay? And so the next question is, so shouldn't everybody have to do what your grandparents did? And they'll go, yes. Look, you just converted them. It was that simple. Okay, well, I'm going to try talk- that. Yeah, would you have a Sure. Like just tune it up. Like the action. Just Ed's like Ed's really exhausted from the Florida empowerment zone that he was in. Yep. And so, so he's sleeping at the wheel. So I mean, immigration. One of the biggest issues that I run into on immigration is to have uh, progressives say, "Well, you know, Trump or conservatives hate immigrants." And what I always say is that we don't hate immigrants. We hate illegal immigrants because we hate illegal things. Now, how would you rate that as a response? They don't understand. We we suppose that people actually know something, and that's where we're wrong. 
I was talking to a young guy at a networking event, 23 years old. Yep. He goes, I hate Donald Trump. Why? He's against my people. Okay, who are your people? Immigrants. Now, rather than go into what you just did, explain the difference, I asked him one question. Right. How did you get here? And he goes, by playing with my mother. From where? Ecuador. He said, so you and your mom went to the U.S. Embassy in Quito. She had to prove that she was not a criminal, filled out a bunch of forms, take pictures and fingerprints, and that she had resources, right? Yes. So then should everybody do what your mother did? And he goes, of course. And he goes, is that what they're talking about when they talk about legal and illegal? Right. Here is an immigrant that had no idea what the term legal and illegal means. We use terminology that's meaningless. I'll give another example. Tax increase, tax decrease. The problem with those words is 40 years ago, you got a pay envelope. Okay? And on the pay, there was cash in it. And they had a pay stub. And you saw how much money came out. Right. Then we progressed, and you now got a paycheck, and there was a pay stub, and you saw how much money comes out. Today, the money goes right in your bank, so you have no idea. There is no such thing, that's very important, as a W-2 employee that can tell you how much income tax they paid last year. Well, they know no, their refund. That's a good now, point. Now, one employee knows how much tax they paid. That's a good point, because when my daughter came out of college, she went and worked as a a legal assistant in New York, and all the legal assistants were comparing their paychecks, and they realized that one of their, and they did get uh, written stubs at that time, one of their friends was actually living in Westchester County and commuting in, and she did not have the city income tax deducted. So that's how they figured out that how much they were paying to the city, the state, and the federal government, in addition to uh, all the other taxes, employment taxes. So I guess the answer is to, to try to, you know, bury their noses in the facts. What do you think Make of that? it personal. Make we it. don't use words like tax increase and tax decrease. It's meaningless. We use words such as lot bigger paycheck, smaller paycheck. It has to be personal. And that is our mistake, okay? We don't understand our wording. They, have, they think nothing about you're going to watch the glaciers melt. You don't care if anybody dies. And we sit there and talk like college professors. Instead of talking about, if Elizabeth Warren gets in, you will lose your job. Right. Your kids will suffer. Okay? We don't sound like college professors, and we're losing. And our president's doing the same thing. He communicates great, but he still doesn't understand how stupid, because of indoctrination, the average American is. We use terminology they don't understand. Another example. Okay, millions, billions, and trillions. Do you know the average American can't tell the difference? When I sold life insurance, and I trade people on life insurance, 10 times household income is about the maximum you can talk about because anything larger than that to most working people, middle-class people, their brain shuts off. So nobody can write 12 trillion, 3 billion, and 4. So why are we using millions, billions, and trillions? We have to do what the people raising money for the children in Africa do, a dollar a day, $2 a day. Can you afford $500 a month to pay for the education so we don't have student loans? Not $3 trillion. It's a meaningless number. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I understand it to the degree that uh, they really dumbed the society down uh, 
for over the hundred well, years. Public schools, yes. Yes, uh, I wasn't going to go there on the public schools. You kind of, you know, you kind of assume I am yeah. every time. Yeah. But shouldn't we? Uh, and I understand why Trump speaks in half sentences because he knows his audience uh, listens in half sentences. But shouldn't we be talking about? the political bipolarity of the left and start letting them know because I hear I hear a lot of conservatives saying, oh, liberals have got a mental disorder and that doesn't resonate because it's kind of offensive. But if you can give them examples and reinvent a language like political bipolarity and I'll give you the examples of political bipolarity that are pretty obvious like fighting for wind power that kills the birds they used to protect uh, demanding the, the eradication of paper super ba- uh, supermarket paper bags in exchange for plastic bags that are now killing the oceans instead of trees, uh, ex, you know, accepting all types of marriages, discouraging heterosexual marriage, therefore driving down the birth rate of the very class of citizens they need to pay for their welfare programs into the future, that's all political bipolarity. And it all started with, you know, the, the horrors of 1913. So why can't we kind of... Uh, Go do a little history lesson with them and tell what I just said. Any liberal will understand that you used to fight for uh, paper bags. I mean, you used to want to eradicate them, and now they got plastic bags floating all over the sea by India and China. They used to fight for wind power. Now it's killing all the birds they used to take care of, and they've driven and down solar, the birth rate. Solar power is frying the birds. And it's, and it's half a million dollars to take them down when they're leaking oil all over pristine uh, lands that these windmills are installed in. So why can't we talk to them in a manner in which, hey, this is how you think, and look what we got as a result of doing exactly what you all have wanted. We've got a huge opportunity here to let them know there isn't a damn thing you guys have proposed in 100 years that has had a positive effectual change on society. And if you think Social Security was positive, it was not. It just bankrupted the United States and devalued the U.S. dollar. Well, see, the problem, and I agree with most of what you said, but then when you get into, like, when you finish with, and you think Social Security, um, you know, whatever you just said was, you know, was a good thing, what happens is you're not going into an argument about facts. And the minute you start arguing facts, you're not going to get anywhere. So we have to keep it personal and emotional. So well, I mean, uh, political uh, political bipolarity is pretty emotional. And, 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 right, well, you're all on the climate change. So climate change is fine because they believe in that. So that's keeping it personal. But now when you get into the Social Security was a mistake, they're not going, going to see that. You are 100 percent right. I mean, I can you know we can explain because we're we're intelligent and we're knowledgeable um, that um, the. Republicans were not against Social Security. The Republicans were against Social Security trust fund because they knew that the politicians were going to steal it, which is exactly what happened. That's not going to get you any additional points because it's stuck with Social Security. So let's take something to make it personal, okay? So you're arguing the board. Before you jump off that topic, weren't the Republicans all, even in the get-go in the 30s, demanding that it be means-tested? The Social Security payment? I'm sorry, I, you broke up. I didn't hear you. It'd it be what? Okay, so... Means tested. Yeah, means tested. No. I, know, I, mean, I know I did some research, and, and again, this is, not, you know, this is not about what I think. This is one of the things that when you guys do a radio show, you become very knowledgeable and, you're, and you become experts. 
What I do a little bit different is I take what you believe and I repackage it. So it's not about questioning my belief because that's what makes me different than any other speaker. Every other speaker, when they go in front of a Republican or conservative group, they talk about what they know. There's two kinds of speakers, what you know and what you believe, or you're rara. Donald Trump is the greatest president we ever had. And I asked a different question. I had a woman the other day in King's Point, and she uh, says, well, what about getting rid of Roe v. Wade? And I said, well, what's your position on it? And she said, well, I have to be pro-choice. I said, in that case, when you're arguing with your friends, you have to say, okay, so Obama had 60 votes in the Senate. He had the House. He had the White House. Why did he not make abortion legal? And then we wouldn't be arguing Roe v. Wade. All they had to do was pass the law. If they would have had 60 votes in the Senate, they would have had a law that could never be taken away. Better than a Supreme Court rule. And she goes, I never thought of that. So it's that kind of thing. And then the next question I got was from a Republican woman, a pro, pro-life person. How do I get through to the people that say... Uh, it's a it's a lump of cells, and I said you have to ask a question, and a good question to that, especially if dealing with a uh, a woman that can be of uh, childbearing age. Your question says, okay, imagine that you are carrying twins. Okay, you've been carrying them for the last the past six months, and your doctor tells you you have to abort one of them because otherwise they both will die. Which one do you choose? Now you just made it very personal. Now it's no longer a pump spell. And you haven't taken a position on abortion. See, the way I do it, you're not even taking a position. You're just asking a really cool question. You're following that? Yeah, personal and emotional. And example, my brother. Okay, he, uh, for a number of reasons, he votes Democrat. Well, he's from, he lives in New York, and you know, all his friends vote Democrat, and he'd be excommunicated if he did not. Right. And I said, listen. I have been to Bangladesh and Pakistan. I may have to go back. Given a choice between President Hillary Clinton and President Donald Trump, if I am taken hostage, which one is going to get your brother back? And he looked at me, he goes, there's no question, it will be Trump. Now, I don't think he voted for Trump, but it's things like that. I made it personal. He's looking at me. He can't think that Hillary Clinton's going to get me out of there. Yeah, all, all, Jew, all Jews don't recognize that Republicans can defend Israel like no other because Democrats could care less about Israel. That's that, unfortunately, is the situation. So now that becomes the question I get asked a lot. Well, what about Israel? Right. And, and, and here is the pitch we all go down. Well, Israel is a Middle East-only democracy. Right. Guys, back up a second. Who are you talking to? You're talking to people that no longer believe in democracy. They're trying to impeach a president behind closed doors. They don't believe in democracy anymore. They don't believe in the First Amendment. They don't believe in due process. And your argument for Israel is Israel's the, the only democracy? Who's that going to sway? So Nobody. What, so what can we say? Try this. Try this one. In 1948, in a moment of collective guilt, the United Nations created the state of Israel because they realized the Germans did not protect the German Jews, the French did not protect the French Jews, the Hungarians. So the United Nations created a safe space for the Jewish people. Why do you want to take away the Jewish people's safe space? That's it. Using their terminology, like you said. Could it? Okay. 
Why do you want to take away the Jewish people safe space? We don't have to argue Palestinians, Arabs. Well, very simple. Why do you want to take away the Jewish people safe space? Uh, could it could it be that some that some Jews are so secular they could care less about Israel? Oh, there's no question about it. But the problem is you've got two kinds. We have the older Jews that even though they're secular, they were there and they support Israel. Uh, but they their their religion has become liberalism. But they're, they're dealing with it. Now, I, I don't talk, normally I don't talk about what I believe, but I will tell you my feeling on this. You know one of the reasons why the scammers get away with scams? Because they lie and they steal. People, <laughs> yeah, people are afraid to report it. They don't, they're so embarrassed. I don't want my kids to know that I sent $10,000 to this guy. I don't want them to know that this charity got me for $500. I truly believe, and this is one of the few times I'll say I believe, that the Jews, the liberal Jews, especially here in Florida, which is the only ones we really care about, because it's about the only swing state with a large Jewish population, they know. They know the Democrat Party has left them. They know that what is going on does not sit well with them. But they're not ready to admit, because for for them to admit it means that they have been victims of a scam for the last 20 years, okay? Because over the last 20 years, Democrats have appealed away from the Jewish people and from Israel. And so it's going to take a lot for these people to be able to come out of the closet and admit they were scammed. It's not changing parties. They have to admit to change parties. They have to admit they've been scammed. Not only scammed by the Democrat Party, by the synagogues, the rabbis, the entire Jewish establishment. Mayor Koch was the first to say it. He said, I thought Obama was good for the Jews. He was horrible for the Jews of Israel. And then he shut Koch up. Guys, I put out a... I started GOPMadeSimple.com, just GOPMadeSimple.com, where I... Uh, put out a weekly newsletter, talking, though, and then I put out a second, and it only takes one minute to read, and then I now put out a second one because things are happening so fast, it takes only 30 seconds to read. So, you know, if somebody's interested, they can go to GOPMadeSimple.com, they can call me, I talk to groups, I'll do anything to help spread the message, and it's become very, very effective. <laughs> are you familiar with the Jexit movement? Yes. Jex- okay. We've had some uh, callers from that. Laura Loomer, who is from uh, up in Palm Beach County. I know Laura very well. Very active. She's now running for Congress. And uh, she was at the American Priority Conference here in uh, Trump Doral over the weekend. And she was very effective, as, as usual, as a spokesman for, for conservatism. And she's only 26 years old. She's running for Congress. So I think uh, maybe you can you can help her because she's running in a very Jewish Democrat district against Lois Frankel, and I think she can win her primary. But she's going to be able to. She's going to have to be a good messenger uh, and deliver a message the way you're talking, so that she doesn't come across confrontational. Because then all the all the local Jews are going to turn her off. And I guess the best thing we can expect is that they, if they don't uh, vote Republican, at least they stay home. I agree. 
and, and that and you just said it. If she turns them off, so let's let's take a situation that we have convinced them and I love Laura, do not misunderstand anything with that to say. I'm commenting on what you just said. Yep. Okay. So let's say that we are able to convince the Jewish population, look, you're not gonna go vote for Trump, just stay home on this one. Yep. And and this way your your hands are clean. And I believe you just said that if she delivers the wrong message, it's going to rile up the other side. Right. Or even deliver. And then they will come out and actually hurt Trump as a result. I don't know how to get that message across. You guys in the media may be the best positioned. I mean, Laura has two things. She's got name recognition, and she's got the ability to raise a lot of money. Yeah. And she's very, very smart. Yeah, but I think she turns off a lot of the liberal Jews because she's so... Uh, assertive and aggressive and outgoing and up in your face and I completely agree with her but I'm just saying what's the effect what's the impact on the electorate I don't and, and I've been wondering this but the problem is this is really dichotomy you can be an anti-semite like Elon Omer right. and get elected in a Muslim district right but can you be anti-muslim and get elected in a Jewish district I believe the answer to that might be no, but I don't know. What I think the answer think? is yes. And you can see all the people. I, I'm from uh, Westchester County, New York, and Nina Lowy and Elliot Engel have said nothing against uh, Congresswoman Omar. They have shut their mouth. They're Democrats first and Jews Nina second. Nina is not running for re-election. I know, I know, but she hasn't said anything yet. Uh, she had all she this won't. term. She won't. She won't, I know. The Democrat won't. Party has become anti-Semitic. We know it, right. okay. But the average Jewish Democrat doesn't know it, and that's that's not been our challenge. I thought Jews were smart. <laughs> I guess the more religious they are, the smarter they are. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Think, I don't. I, I don't get in trouble with that one. No, the more I religious know. they are. But I think your point the about the more religious they are. The, the more likely they are to vote conservative. Uh, yeah, but I, I think your point about that they don't want to report the scam, they don't want to admit to themselves and their friends that they've been scammed by the Democrat Party. Uh, it used to be, you know, the, even Bill Clinton was, was fairly, uh, he was not anti-Semitic. Uh, he was a friend of the Jews generally. But I think uh, since 2008, uh, we've had a real turning of the Democrat Party against the Jews. I advise people to go and Google up 2012 uh, Democrat National Convention on YouTube, DNC, uh, anti-Israel, anti-God resolution. And you will see that anti-Israel, anti-God resolution passed the DNC. If you couldn't see it, so so, so let's look what we have. We have the anti-Israel, anti-God resolution passes the Democrat National Convention. We have... um, no Democrat went to the opening of the of the embassy, but they've opened for it for 25 years. Right. We have Obama, okay, right before he left in December, abstained at the UN, and now he's been abstained, but he engineered the whole thing. It's right. like, how, and then they could not get an anti-Semitism resolution through Congress, how, through, the, through the House. Right. How many more, okay, swings and misses before people realize, hey, we've been scammed by the Democrat Party. I don't know. It's gonna, we'll see what happens uh, this year. But this is going to be a crucial year coming up. 
2020. And, uh, this, this year is a fight for the soul of America. What we're seeing, in my opinion, is Donald Trump draining the swamp and the swamp fighting back with every last breath because if he drains the swamp, the establishment is done. Right. And they are fighting with every last breath on both sides of the aisle. Well, not on both sides. I think, I think the Republicans are not being courageous enough. Because they're part of the swamp. Right. What Donald Trump did, in my opinion, and again, I don't want to be a pundit, no, is yeah. he, created, he affected a hostile takeover of the Republican Party. Yes. And so we're still kicking people out that are non-Trumpers and stuff. And that's why he has 90% approval of Republicans. And every dollar that comes to the Republican Party comes in as, as a result of Donald yeah. Trump, which is why there's, you know, a Senate trial would be a kangaroo court in our favor. Right. Because how, how, well, but let me, let me tell you, I think you're completely right that there are a lot of rhinos still in the Republican Party. And a week ago, Jeff Flake, who you know is a big rhino, said that if, if Republican senators could vote in secret, at more than 20 of them would vote with the Democrats to impeach Trump because they hate him. And I think he's right. But the impeachment vote, if it comes, will be a public vote. So I think we can count on even the uh, – we'll have enough uh, Republican senators that Trump will not be impeached. You're actually, you're, you're, you're actually going to get uh, – I have a different take. I wrote one of my articles on this. You can see it on my, on my website, mm -hmm. is – that the I don't know if the Democrats will go through with an impeachment because that means that the Senate trial we're going to have something that's never occurred in the history of presidential impeachment, which is the Senate is run by the president's party. Right. And although the Chief Justice presides, the Chief Justice is a glorified parliamentarian. Right. The Senate sets the rules by fifty-one votes. Right. So if they want to give Rudy Giuliani the power to depose Barack Obama yep. and question Barack So this could literally be a one, a, a three-week circuit to bring down the, and, and, and expose the entire swamp. So I believe that, that, that Pelosi knows that, and, you know, and it scares the heck out of her that you give Giuliani, you'll give Trump and, you know, the, the power to literally – question under oath unlimited because remember what happened in the Clinton impeachment was they had to they, they they changed the rule and they said we can also weigh whether or not removing him would be in the public interest which means trump would get to parade how wonderful he's been as president absolutely. which might be the first time 70 percent of america would hear it absolutely that would be a real campaign uh, victory for trump i think you're right though which is why i don't i don't believe you know i'm not funded i i don't really think they're going to if the Democrats impeach, they're giving the Senate Republicans the ability to either throw it out immediately or turn it into a circus. I mean, when think of it, you well, I mean, it'd be it'd be much greater than that. It would be, it would be run the table, keep the House, get get back the House, keep the Senate, and then Ginsburg passes away, and they have a six-three court after Trump. We would have sixty Senate. He can expose. I mean, think of it. You would have. Nadler and Schiff and Engel right. and Cummings, okay, as the House managers. I mean, you couldn't get a group that could shoot straight if you paid for it. Right. 
Yeah, that would be a real scam. But I think you're right that if the Republicans are given the opportunity to have Rudy Giuliani and other prosecutors call up to the stand, and I think that all the spying uh, against Trump, the candidate, and the cover-ups for Hillary and the attempted coup were ultimately orchestrated by Barack Obama. So if you could get senior members of the Obama administration on the stand under oath, they would be in big trouble. And, I and think that is why, and, and, and you're right, and that is why, if you look at the Biden take, and I have that on my website, yep. where he, you know, said, you know, what he did, you know, to get rid of the prosecutor, he implicated Obama. Right. So the guy said, you don't have the power to do it. He goes, call Obama. Right. Absolutely. He no. put Obama into the middle of this. Absolutely. Listen, in corporate compliance <laughs> practice, for lawyers and auditors and other compliance professionals, one of the key principles is tone at the top. If a corporation is paying off bribes and overseas unlawfully, you always look, you start the investigation, what is the tone at the top? And Obama was setting the tone for what I call the Obama police state. Well, that police state was, you know, the presidential special directive number 19, which expanded whistleblowing statutes to the intelligence community. All sorts, yes. And he basically... It was the IRS, it was the CIA, it was the FBI, it was the DOJ, it was OSHA going after Tea Party uh, uh, activists, uh, you know... Yeah, he created a a Marxist police state within the White House. Like a culture of snitches. Not Not just the White House, the whole administration, Lois Lerner... At the IRS was chasing after uh, King Street Patriots in Houston, Catherine Engelbrecht. I saw her this weekend at the American Priority Conference. And that she was just one of many. I think you may have been affected that by that when you applied for the FCC license. Well, yeah, when I applied for the nonprofit status to operate okay, this. The nonprofit status. Uh, you know, winning the lottery for the, for the license for this uh, radio station is one thing. But... It was contingent on me getting a 501c3 approval in the process of building this. And, man, they delayed it and delayed it and delayed it. Now I was in the middle of wanting to turn this thing on. And if I didn't get my uh, status approved, I would literally turn the station on, and it wouldn't have been a legitimate 501c3 at at the time I did it. And I pressed and pressed and pressed, and lo and behold... I hired the right attorney, and within a week, (laughs) it got approved. That was an example of the Obama administration's corruption. It was a left-wing law firm out of New York City. Oh, there you go. But anyway, that was corrupt. Yeah. That's part of the Obama... I am going to have to head out in a few minutes. We have the Trump 45 meeting at the Kettle Club at Palm Beach, and only have like 2,000 people up there. I'm going to have to leave in a couple of minutes. I hope you'll invite me back, because I have one additional expertise, which is how I started... Freedom from Obamacare. I'm an expert in health insurance. We lost the 2018 midterms because the only person talking about health insurance or health care was me on the Republican side. Right, and we had a winning formula, and we never discussed it. We, we buried it, and we lost probably we lost the House over this issue. So I hope you'll have me back so that we can do a segment where I can just discuss everything Donald Trump has done to health care. If I can give you a little... Uh, a little highlight as an example. You know how you go in and you go to the pharmacy and you show your insurance card and they go uh, $30 copay? Right. Do you know that until October 1st, it was illegal for the pharmacist to say, uh, Ed, put that insurance card away. The cash price is only $15. They could lose their contract if they told you to put wow. the insurance card away. Wow. Oh, so Trump yeah. signed a law, okay, effective October 1. Okay, they removed the gag rule from pharmacies. So there's a whole bunch of 
insurance, and nobody knows about it because if Donald Trump does anything good, you will never yeah, know about well, it. Well, we need in health care. We definitely need more transparency. It's 100%. So, you know, we can do an entire session on that. So please invite me back. My website okay. for that's written from Obamacare. I was the only one talking health care in 2018. We'll do. Good night, Republicans. Tonight you're going to Trump 45 at the uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club? Correct. Okay, I hear that they have George Papadopoulos talking about his adventures as an international man of mystery. And Andrew, and Andrew Pollock. Andrew right. Pollock. Yeah. Ask him why, why Meadow died. So, um, uh, we're, well, Convention of States is negotiating with them for me to deliver a, a 10 or 15 minute talk uh, next month on the Convention of States project. So, you, you might see me there. We have, we'll certainly have 2,000 people plus. That's you know, what I heard. It's the most and it's free. So it, it's one of the most important things. It's free. It's the Palm Beach County Club starting at 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's, but it's an hour and a half drive for me, so. You guys, yeah. Yep. Okay, but now before you go, I want you to do me a favor. And the favor is this. If you're going to be speaking to Andrew Pollack, it's kind of hard for you to ask to do this favor without doing a little bit of quick research on my website. But this is something that Andrew definitely needs to know about, which is the parent direct ballot parent trigger law that only Florida has in the entire country. And I was the first and only person to use it when nobody else wanted to. And now I need to amend it. This is the only thing that really could cure the armed uh, arm the teacher movement, uh, save surpluses movement, fire triggers all over the state movement to take back our schools. And we have the direct ballot parent trigger law here in Florida called the Florida Parent Empowerment Law. So if you can look at it on the website really quickly, parentguardianshipschool.com, and just read the first three paragraphs, it would take you maybe five minutes. If I, if I get the ability to have a one-on-one with Andrew, I will do that. Yeah, I need him to understand the, the Parent Empowerment Law and the uh, Parent Guardianship School I'm proposing because that would have saved his child's life. We need to get him to call in. That's another, yes. That, Thank you. Please have your, your, your listeners go. God bless the work you do. God bless our president. God bless America. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. See, there's all, all sorts of ways to do it. It's interesting because he take, he's got a very practical approach to arguing. He doesn't try to you know, go for the facts. He, he He's like a telemarketer. He goes for yeah. the gut. Well said. For the gut. You know, the, the, the emotions make things personal. Don't make them abstract. Uh, so I, that's why I thought he was—he's very effective. And if I get a chance, I'm going to be at that uh, Trump 45 uh, conference in a month. If the convention of states gets a 15-minute slot to uh, talk, because they always have these high-profile speakers. Like tonight, they've got George Papadopoulos and Andrew Pollack, who were at the American Priority Conference over the weekend. Now, tell me, um, uh, what were you talking about today? About the uh, a video, I don't understand what was the scandal behind the video. Okay, well, I mean, these these weekend, type of videos are so popular. This weekend, there was the American Priority Conference at Trump Doral, and there were many, many uh, people there, including Anna Paulina, who is one of, who I think may be calling us now. She's going to be running for Congress against Charlie Chris. Why don't we see who's that? Well, then you gotta you gotta do, take will, over, Rover. I'll do it. Hello, hello, Anna. Is that you? <laughs> Yes, that is. How right. are you guys? Thank you for calling in to WSQF 94.5 FM in Key Biscayne, your evacuation route from socialist nonsense. 
Thank if you. If we need you guys nationally now at this point. Yeah, no, Absolutely. we just need you in Congress. So, so, so <laughs> well, any- I can tell you if I get in, uh, we'll have one more person on uh, the road to victory, that's for sure. That's great. Well, Anna, I was just telling um, our host here, uh, Mac on the Rock, that we, I was at the American Priority Conference over the weekend, and you're one of the uh, featured uh, speakers. There were a lot of good speakers. Uh, did, were you there Friday as well as Saturday? Yeah, I was actually there the entire time, and um, it was really neat to see. You know, you have different organizations that put on events around the country, but especially in Miami, um, to really see them, you know, pull a such a amount of strong uh, support and as well as speakers for that event. It was amazing to see. There were people from all over. I mean, there were some of the guests were from uh, Texas. So we yeah, ran... there's people flying in for sure. And then the speakers, we had Wayne Allen Root, who was calling in uh, last Monday, was there. And uh, I got to see, we got to meet several other people that we have, were lining up. Uh, so, so Anna, why don't you tell us about your uh, campaign and where you're campaigning and, and what your, uh, the, t- uh, your basic elevator speech, your uh, basic one or two, three points. So, um, in a nutshell, I'm pro-gun, pro-life, pro-God, and pro-country, and I'm running for uh, Florida 13 here in St. Petersburg, Florida, against the most corrupt politician probably currently in Congress, Charlie Crist. So he's been a Republican, Independent, now Democrat, and he's a fundraiser for the DCCC. So Mm -hmm. if you guys want to get rid of what's going on in this country, if you're against impeachment of the president, then I absolutely do need your help. You guys can find more on my campaign at VoteOnAPaulina.com. That's the two ends. And frankly, I mean, I need all the help that I can get, especially on the fundraising route, because they know I'm coming for them and they're not liking it. <laughs> so what is, uh, where does uh, Charlie stand on things like gun control or uh, life or uh, on the on the impeachment uh, the, uh, debate? Where does he stand? Uh, in, in 100% honesty, it really is, it depends on who's asking, but he's come out very strongly in support of red flag laws. He's come out and basically was one of the first to be vocal about uh, impeaching the president of the United States, and he's now pro-choice. So this guy has been um, probably, you know, a career politician. He's obviously been in office longer than I've been alive, and I don't say that with any disrespect. I say that in, in saying that for everything that he said that he wants to do for minorities, for veterans, He's uh, turned around to do the exact opposite and is, frankly, probably one of the most um, unproductive members of Congress currently in in the House right now. Now, you're also um, let our audience know that you're, you know, you served in the in the Air Force, I believe. Yes, sir. I was active duty for five years, stationed around the country. Um, Actually, it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because. I'm originally from California, and I was stationed at Robert Field for seven years. I went to the University of West Florida, majored in biology. And while I was stationed out there, that was one of the first times that I ever really lived in a house um, for longer than a couple of years. And, you know, I, I have a very colorful, colorful upbringing, but obviously, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a victim by any means. I've, you know, picked myself up from my bootstraps, and I am, I am where I'm at now. But, you know, Florida to me is home, and then I, you know, since then was stationed at the Portland Air Guard out in Oregon. And, you know, while I was over there, I continued working with different organizations that were here to benefit Florida. So one of them was Force Blue, and I decided to use my social media to really cover some of the coral reef restoration that this organization was doing. And my husband became a NOAA-certified scientific diver and now still does on his free time go down there, and he helps with uh, the coral reef restoration. And so Florida to us, 
was home. And so when it came time to run and we knew that he was going to be getting orders back to McDill, um, it wasn't even a question of a doubt. I was coming. I know what my objective is, and I'm going to execute that objective. So I'm here, and I'm not backing down. Well, that's fantastic. So the, so the audience knows uh, you've got an ally in our in in our fight with uh, the red bloom that's that's uh, affecting our waters out here and you would be s- familiar with what's going on with our water here in Kibis game by the way we've got a an advisory on our beach because the fecal water uh, there's been a leak in our sewer system here so you can imagine the local economy. I mean, with tourism, with fishing, I mean, let's be honest, no one really wants to swim that anyway. So, I mean, these are all things that really, unless you have people that are willing to, you know, voice their opinions on it, and it really it's unfortunate because I feel like conservatives as a whole have been branded as anti-environmental, which is, you know, the farthest thing from the truth, and it just kind of goes along with the whole breaking the stereotype that the, really, the DNC tries to uh, project onto all of us, right? Here we are talking about solutions for things that are affecting our local community. Obviously, if you are Floridian, you don't want that, right? Um, but yet, you know, again, they they don't want to give us a platform to even really speak that. They, you know, automatically brand conservatives as racist, anti-environmental, and God knows what else, you know? It's well, fa- uh, fascists. <laughs> fascists and communists uh, are one and the same. I don't know how they can pin that one on so, us. So, Anna, uh, uh, what do you have, what kind of a primary do you have on the Republican side? So there is four other declared candidates currently, um, and I am basically, you know, when I am asked this question, I am 100% in supportive of just taking this seat and flipping it right back. I think a lot of people don't understand the national implications and how important this seat is, not just for winning for the president in 2020, but when you have someone who's literally uh, bankrolling people like Nancy Pelosi, I right. think that that's um, a big indicator to Republicans across the nation that we really need to take this seat and to flip it back. So um, it is a little bit of a, a crowded primary, but it's okay. I'm not really worried about it. I have some really good people who've come out and endorsed me at the gates, and literally speaking of gates, Matt Gates was one of them. So, oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I was able to meet with him in D.C. and actually saw him at the event this past weekend. Right. He's been very supportive. And we're going to continue to work together. And I have a good feeling I will probably end up um, at a presidential rally here pretty soon. So, so what? Yeah, what, what's your relationship with the Trump campaign? Because they're very active um, in Florida. <laughs> um, in my previous work, obviously I'm a candidate now, but um, in my previous work, there's been some great um, support mutually. I definitely helped to advise with some Hispanic outreach. So I can say that there's uh, open lines of communication there. So that should be very helpful. I mean, uh, Ron DeSantis uh, became governor in large part because of the Trumpsters' support. So, and, and you know, it's it's so crazy because the media is trying to convince the American people that you know we shouldn't trust each other, that no one supports the president. But when you look at these rallies, when you look at and you go talk oh, yeah. nationally, there is an immense amount of support. And if there wasn't. They wouldn't be censoring people like you and I, right? right they would yep. be absolutely supportive. They wouldn't be trying to deplatform us on Twitter. They wouldn't be opening up cases with the State Department. By the way, speaking of which, did you guys see Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch? Oh, Just he was great. The State Department. Yeah, they, they were investigating, what, 12 conservatives? Yep. Sarah Carter, John Jr., Jack Kosovic. I mean, this is insane. This is insane. That's the administrative state. No, it isn't. It's the Marxist police right, state. Right, 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 right. Absolutely, and it makes me happy knowing that I have my right to keep embarrassed because people like that, once your government starts monitoring you, you should be very scared because 
If you step outside of their boundaries, you're then a target. Yeah, and especially if Obamacare had been fully implemented, then one of the things they could do is they could deny you health care. Deny you health care or flag you for mental health reasons and then confiscate your farms that way. Take away your guns. That's a big issue. Well, I I think I wish you luck in the uh, primary, and I think you're right to – uh, be close to guys like Matt Gates and uh, the Trump campaign in the primary. Now, when you get to the general election, let me give you a warning. Charlie Chris is a real chameleon, and he's going to say, well, yeah, I'm a Democrat, but I'm not a Nancy Pelosi or a commie squad type Democrat. I'm a centrist. I'm a moderate. And I think you need to be ready to, to, to swat away all those, because at the end of the day, if you vote for a Democrat, you're voting for Pelosi, you're voting for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And that's a problem that I see many times Democrat congressmen run really under false pretenses. I am. I, you know, I've seen that, and I've absolutely kind of read into some of his tweets. And, you know, I'm not even – I don't even think I have to fight dirty with this. I mean, I think it is what it is. He's turned no, off – No, 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 no. You've got to fight dirty. Yeah, he's completely flipped sides so many times on so many different issues. And I think even just looking at who I am, if you Google what I've done, I mean, in the last year or so, I not only helped stand up multiple national outreaches for the conservative Hispanic base in this country, but when I say I'm going to do something, I get it done. And I think that people, once they get to meet me, which, you know, I have a little over 600,000 people in my district, and I anticipate that I'm going to be meeting at some point every single one of them, and I will outwork these people. I'm not establishment politics i'm not from a political family and the one thing that i always learned uh you know early on in life was hard work and i'm bringing the fight to them and i promise you he's not going to be able to hide for long okay i got a i got a tidbit for you now uh when he was governor i want you to know that when he was governor he uh finally promulgated a law that was passed in 1996 and guess what he did when he did it his administration as governor basically empowered a closed society voting regulation in a uh, parent trigger law. Are you familiar with the parent trigger laws where parents can submit uh, basically letters to uh, a principal and take and call a vote to take back a school? Well, he created voting guidelines that forced the parent to have to win two elections with two parents voting separately. So that's basically as close you mean society. The teachers and the parents voting separately. Yeah, the teachers and the parents voting. Yep, the parent who fires the trickle letter has to win both elections by fifty to plus one margin. If you do some research on our website, parentguardianshipschool.com, you can see the I, what I went through when I was the first to use it in Florida history, and it was something right out of communist Cuba, North Korea. These voting guidelines are bloody. They were gave license for the teachers' unions to go after my kid in the fifth grade and call her out in class for what her father was uh, proposing. You to know what? I would, love, I would love to actually bring you out to my district and have you sit down with the local party as well as some of the people in this area and just explain that story because there's so many people that disregard these stories that history repeats itself and that these types of laws that are put in place are not in the invested interest of the American people or the people of this district. So if you guys are willing to come out here, I would definitely be, um, I would love to host you. Yes, I I would love to give my testimony because Charlie Crist, I have to thank him for promulgating the law because Lawton Childs passed it in 1996 but let it lie dormant. Jeb Bush let it lie dormant in eight years as governor. Then he promulgates it the wrong way with closed society voting guidelines. And he's guilty of that. And if you do some research on it, you can call him out at a debate. 
So yep. what's well, your... definitely, there's definitely going to be a debate. I promise you on that one. So, what's so your... I would love to have you guys. What's absolutely. Your, what's your schedule now? Are you living in the district now? Yeah, I'm absolutely in the district full time. Um, although I still am self-employed, so I am traveling. Um, I will be in Miami again for Bienvenido on. I think it's November first or second. We're still walking in the date. Oh, oh then we'll, we'll bring you into the studio. Oh, absolutely! And you guys better come to the event just so you can kind of see how we work um, with our outreach, but. I'm going to be doing some events nationally, and I haven't um, given up on my speaking tours or really uh, quitting on outreach. So I take meetings here, I meet with everyone here, and then I fought to do my work, and then I come back. So it's a little it's a little bit of travel, but I don't mind it. I have coffee and my husband, so we're good to go. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, thank you always for supporting uh, Blink Radio, and we are the Concrete Conservatives, and that's uh, Anna Paulina, who's ready for Congress. So now you know it. Spread the word. Florida District 13 in Pinellas County. Stay free. And don't forget, vote on Paulina.com. Check it out and donate. Repeat that. This is radio. <laughs> vote on Paulina.com. Okay, take care, darling, and stay free. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Have a good day, guys. Okay, so in the studio, you guys are hearing me pretty well? Yes. Clearly, I, I've heard the, reports that this mic may not be working too well, so we just have to speak right into it. I think you have to. You you have a terrible habit of leaning back in your chair. I told you there not to you do that. Go. Uh, the, the the rule in radio is always pinky to thumb distance from the microphone. In this case, you guys are hearing me correctly here. Yes yep. or no? It's coming yep, yep, clear yep. in the headphones. Absolutely. You're not hearing me at all. Un- well, that could also be your terminal. What's important is th- if the audience is hearing me. That's what I... If people are hearing me now, please let us know in any way, shape, or form. Our toll-free number is 1-844-645-WSQF, which is 9773. Locally, we're 305-365-7777. That's better than a taxi. So if you call, I'm having mics problems on the mic I am speaking on, so if you can hear me clearly, let me know. Because here in community radio, we need the audience to help us with technical difficulties. Well, we, we don't have a sound we, we engineer. We don't have any more calls, so what, you can use that. Okay, so now I'm on this one microphone that I think is having problems. And someone tell me if you hear me better now or now. Oh, this here. is much better. Much better. So, Absolutely. So well, there's a big we, difference. Yeah, so what? Why don't we go back to our uh, guest in studio, and uh, it, again, let me tell our audience, it's Lou Aguilar, he's a Hollywood screenwriter, he looks just like what you would expect a Hollywood screenwriter to look like, it's a good thing we're on radio, all the ladies would be going wild. Uh, and Hey, uh, we got double doors here in the studio, yeah, so you, right. you'd have to bust down two doors to get yeah. in here. And, the, uh, and he's also a, a columnist for the American Spectator, and his latest column was about how there's very few straight white guys on television these days, but my answer is, who watches television anymore? I mean, give me a break. Yes, uh, there is. A, uh, I was speaking to someone at PBS recently, and they're having a serious difficulty raising money for the first time in their history. PBS, PBS, they, those regular lefties that spend money on PBS that's matched by the U.S. government, they're having problems raising Good. money. Good, and to the degree that they haven't improved their equipment in decades. And they're just selling facilities instead of repairing them or good, upgrading good. them. It's about time they go out of business. Should stop uh, getting any uh, subsidies from taxpayers. Yeah, but at the same time, you've got to admit that they do they do programming that commercial TV oh, would never like do. It. Well, but you could do it. I mean, there's a for example, right now in Houston, they're starting up 
a uh, American private radio to counter national public radio. So I think there's many opportunities for the private sector and conservative media to step up. Okay, so Lou, you've written a book called Paper Tigers. That's right. And it was actually a, and somehow influenced by the 2016 election because it was you published it in 2018. You have the two protagonists, Nick and Laura, yeah. who are, you know, one's a, a conservative from Wyoming. The liberal's an Ivy Leaguer. She's hot. Sexy caught his attention, and he, I remind he, I think he's like some kind of Austin Kutcher type guy, you know, from out there in the country, but Western country as opposed to Southern country. So he's not a country boy. He's kind of a, you know, big Cypress country guy, Wyoming. And I see that by chapter 23, they're attending, uh, 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 they're like moles or they're like ringers at a conger, at a, at a rally where, a left-wing teacher, uh, Dr. Ballard, is starting to rally the troops against us conservatives. These guys are two journalists, right? Well, yeah. Well, no, they're rookies. They're like go-getters, okay, gophers. Let me tell you. Uh, I just as a, as a as a lawyer. I just wanted him to know that I read some of those I, pages. I want you to know from an intellectual property class. Right now, PBS is running a masterpiece uh, Sunday nights at 10 p.m. A program about very much like what you wrote about in England. Uh, about two different publishers, one with a conservative newspaper, one with a, a liberal or socialist newspaper, and they go at it. So well, these people are kind of like have a tryst going on. They yeah. kind of dig each other. All right, there you go. So and they're youngsters. Tell us, tell us Lou. Well, the, the question is, can... can <laughs> let me think. No, you can't think. You're the author. You have to have already thought. It's on paper, man. There's a paper tiger. That's what it's called. The question is... Can, te- can can chemistry trump ideology? In the so world? can one person fold their tent no. just to fall in love? The, the Impossible. Is no. The answer is that more and more, because of the political polarization, it is very important that your girlfriend and your wife or husband... Uh, Otherwise, you cancel that, each other's votes. Yeah, no, not only that, but just to get along. It's becoming a bigger thing. And so let me tell you a story about millennials. My son, Charlie, who is going to turn 30 later, uh, soon, uh, was working as a management consulting in Manhattan. And he always a a swinging single guy, uh, graduated in 12 from University of Chicago. And so he is in the dating scene in Manhattan. This was a couple of years ago. And all these guys use computer Mm -hmm. networks. They have... There, he was on different uh, dating sites, and in mm-hmm. those dating sites, you have to fill out your profile and you have to put your picture, right? I mean, you have a photo of yourself so that people can see you. Charlie put on one of his photos was wearing a Make America Great Again hat, and then he he described he's mostly a a libertarian, and he put all that down. Three different dating sites recommended to him and to this young lady, Charlotte that they should date each other because their profiles are so evenly matched politically. And they have been dating very seriously for a couple of years now, and they are very evenly matched. And the politics was the core. And you know, the fact that he was wearing a MAGA hat was one of the factors that led her to, to agree to date him. So there you are. But but there's no dramatic interest in that. I mean, it's 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 rea- realistically, it, it works great. But what is the... You uh, you're talking about from a relationship standpoint or you're from a political standpoint? I'm talking from a dramatic narrative standpoint, a, r- a romantic comedy. 
Okay, um, going back to your book, were you trying to achieve that in some way? Of course, of course. Uh, because he was always snickering her and kind of doing the typical well, talking points, like, you know, and you're progressive, and uh, yeah, it's like those uh, uh, the comments he would make when this guy said that uh, uh, certain types of speech is not protected, and he would turn to Laura, Nick would, and say, wait, wait a second, all speech is protected. Right. And only you liberals could believe that. that so were you liberals? They're socialists. Th- that's correct. I mean, the attack on free speech on campuses. Right. What they are? They're they're copyists. Used to be copy boy back in the day. But you can't say copy can't, boy. No. So they're copyists because there's, there's girls there. Right. And 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 Nick and Laura. Laura's a a a, a, a Ivy League snob from Mount Holyoke, and uh, Nick, as you said, is from Wyoming. And kind of a cowboy, and I and I, I wanted, I wanted a character that they don't make anymore. I mean, that ties into my article today. Yep. yep my yep. article today in in uh, American Spectator is about. It's fine that, you know, the the white male, dominated, television and movies for seventy years. Yeah, John Wayne's. That's right, and yeah. and and it's but fine. That's who was here. That's... It's fine to make. I mean, it's fair to make room, to make room for the the other side that received. No. Well, it just it just requires uh, screenwriters for people to pay attention to screenwriters who's probably uh, written work as far back as the fifties where women heroines, the movies just weren't being made. But the, I'm sure there were screenwriters writing about women heroines that we would never see in the silver screen because they wouldn't put up the money to make it. Now it's there's an appetite well, for that. So what? Well, today to, that's today, not a conspiracy. That's just a reality, a marketing reality. Yeah. So so I I decided. I decided to put the ultimate iconic, uh, you know, cowboy type white hero. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I, no, I can I can control that here. Okay. Can I talk to you? Yeah, go ahead. I, I decided to put the iconic white hero. Uh, he's from Medicine Bow, which is where Owen Whiskers, the Virginian, is based on. You mm-hmm. know, and and he comes to this incredibly progressive. Atmosphere, which is Washington D.C., the the media, and of course most people. I mean, he's he's kind of an alien, and, and but most people, including this beautiful woman, who's incredibly. Great. He makes that very clear. Yeah. Yes, he's, he was digging her from the very get go. Right from the moment she entered the elevator, you right. can see which, it perfectly. Which, which is already, which is all, I'm already on, by today's standards, on dangerous territory. You know, a, a beautiful coworker. I mean, so yeah, you, you're accusing him of being a misogynist right off well, the bat. Or <laughs> me too. Well, well men, men, men today would be afraid to say, "Oh, that's a lovely dress." You, you know, yeah, you look really, it. you know, forget. I mean, well, what's happening is that yeah, senior, the, the, senior executives are not mentoring younger women executives. Well, it's, just it's, to avoid it's, that. it's crazy. Well, I don't even think it's. I don't think it's anything of these natures. I don't think it requires any kind of training. It has to require women have got to love men, and men just no, got to stay the same. No, no, no. They do. Nothing has changed. What the, the progressives are pushing is an utter, complete fantasy. I mean— Yeah, ugly progressives they, that aren't hit on. No. <laughs> I mean, it's— it, it, Come on. How many relationships are born, and they're married, and they have children today, are born out of some type of uh, sexual innuendo at the workplace? Well, that's if you correct. think the guy, he's not harassing you. If you don't think the guy, he is. It's that simple. And women, 
face it, if you think the guy, you'll never report it as harassment because he's coming on you real strong. He has access to you. He, you, you work over him or under him. You'd meet at the water cooler. And if not, chances are you work on the floor below. But the truth is, if he's hot, you dig him. He's not harassing you. But if he's bald, fat, and, and, and corny, you're, you're going to charge him with sexual harassment. It, 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 it's, it's not that. It, it, it's so much that uh, women, even, even liberal women, will be attracted to real. In fact, there was a recent poll about it, are attracted to real men. Right. You know, not these Antifa, you know, clowns. Unemployed. I mean, to me, there's nothing more embarrassing than a male feminist. I mean, that, that to me, that's like. Well, Harvey Weinstein held that he was a feminist, yeah, right? But, yeah, but. That was just to get in their skirts. No, he didn't. He, he, didn't, he, he could have said anything. Well, whatever. He was, a, you know, executive producer yeah. of a very powerful you know, motion picture house. Yeah, he, he was forcing women. Women either you want to get famous or you don't want to get famous because I'll block you and blackball yeah, you in a second. That, 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 that was 100%, uh, you know, predator. I'm talking about somebody with no power. I mean, equals. Yeah. Young yeah, people. I want a man confident yeah. who is relentless and will, will pursue a woman. Chivalry. Just simple chivalry. Very well said, yes. Chivalry. Yes, it's all it is. And that's the point I'm trying to get. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell women that Hey, as far as I'm concerned, you pretty much could say anything you want about a man you're not attracted to. And but it's always been that way. But why cost him his job? If he doesn't touch you and he doesn't disrespect you and he isn't humiliating you. Kind of power. I mean, just leave it alone, basically. Um, but if you lead him on in any way or form, and people also disregard how some women are, especially Miami, are coming to work. Honey, if you don't want anybody to hit on you, don't come to work that way. <laughs> You know what I mean? Some women are can't help it that they're really, really, really hot and they're sexy. And some of them are really hot, sexy, and brilliant. Like some attorneys out there, uh, imagine physicians where no matter what kind of green she's wearing, <laughs> where everybody's dressed the same in a hospital, I'm sorry if you're good looking, what am I supposed to do? Just And I'm single, you're single, I'm not supposed to uh, talk to you? Well, here's the thing. Washington, D.C. is very interesting because I read another uh, article where uh, – where, where conservatives that came in with the Trump administration in Washington or somehow are related, they're having a hard time getting dates. I mean, but that's why you need these dating sites that you will tie up conservatives. Yeah, but but again, if everyone's yeah, if everyone's the same, which is what your son was looking for, looking for conservative dating sites, and and the, the girl too. Yeah, that's it that's not a conservative dating site. It's just that the profile. You make it clear that you're a conservative. I, my my book suggests that a real guy and a good woman. I mean, even though she's of the left, will you know? Will she will eventually see the advantage? She lives with a legislative aide to a powerful Democratic senator. You saw that. You got that. No. Well, wait a second. There's there's parts I have to disclose. Um, even though I gave you the two the two parts of the book that I have read. Right. I did that for the purpose of this interview because I haven't gone through the whole book. So, you know, if you can, uh, I don't want you to think for a moment. It's an incredible, I mean, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I wrote it and I'm shocked about how relevant and timely it is. Yeah. Because whatever I write comes to pass. Okay. So now give us a timeline between Trump getting elected because Trump's mentioned in there without using his name because uh, they make a statement, uh, the clown in the White House. Yeah, yeah. It, it, right. So the clown in the White House. Uh, I would have thought it was Obama. No, 
Something, well, the, the annoyance started probably, you probably ran to the typewriter because of Obama, but you started writing this right during the election, more or less. I, no, I, I wrote it, I wrote it, I started before the election. Right, so. But, but, I, I had the idea under George W. Bush, actually. So it's, it's, it's right, so ceviche in your I head. I had the idea how it would work, but, but, again, it wouldn't have worked as well had I written it back then yeah. as it does now, because people... Are crazy. Is there anything you had to adjust? No. From the Bush days to the Trump days. No, because the storyline. When when I finally sat down to write, Trump had already been elected. Oh, so you already okay? So yeah, so I'm I'm kind of accurate in what I said. Yeah. yeah, So it's festering in your head like ceviche. I I thought of it as a screenplay originally when I was in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and but but it wasn't until Trump got elected that I wrote it as a. As a book, which can now can flip back right. to a screenplay, right? Which is came and it and it, and it works so much better now because of the hostility. Nicole Kidman can be Laura, and Austin Kutcher can be Nick. Not even, not even close. They're young. They're twenty three. Right. They're right out of college. Oh, then I can't even name an actor that that young. No, no. I, I, <laughs> well, it wouldn't matter because it would never Hollywood would never do it. It would. It, it's, it's, yeah, because the protect. Okay, so do you think that we need a conservative media, conservative Hollywood? Well, and where would that be? No, and the person who makes a film can make these people. I, I, I actually, if it's okay, I don't, I don't know if we're. If I actually do want to address that. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, go, but, fire away. But I do want to get back to the book a bit. Just sure. so, so. Go ahead. No, we won't let you here. We'll censor you. <laughs> so people will, will get interested. The the thing it, it's it's like it's like mash. It's it's countercultural. It's countercultural, in that conservatives are now the counterculture. Right. You know it's. When when a TV show like Mash was on, they were like you know they were against MacArthur and the and and and, and yeah. But and, now it's the conservatives that are persecuted yeah. by the mainstream media. Correct, correct. And the and mainstream the, culture. The, 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 that's right. The mainstream culture. So this book, but it's also very funny. I want to. Well, address the issue that he that you wanted to talk about that he mentioned. Because yeah, I, 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 now I I think if I'm a little confused, I have to assume the audience is so. Get back to the point before you go back to your book. What is it you want to say that the counterculture is just flipped? When 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 I was a screenwriter in Hollywood, uh, I was doing okay. I mean, I I I I, I never got into the A league, but I got a couple of B movies made. At that time, there was still a video, a straight to video market, where you, people would a producer would make a movie on a low budget, and then he would guarantee, be guaranteed to make money by uh, going to Blockbuster, you right? Know, or videos, it was, Not, but now you have Netflix was, for that. Yeah, it, it, it was it, it was the, the pre-internet, and a lot of people were making a living at that level. You know, they were ne- burning as, it on to CDs. As, as, yeah, as was I. And DVDs, I, I mean. You know, and and and, uh, <clears throat> but I was still trying to do a a level scripts, and uh, you know, and I and I had a couple, and I, and I had some interest in, in this or that, and or this one or that one. But then I started getting, uh, it was like around the, two, the late 2000s, I started getting, like, your hero is too heteronormative. And oh I, I mean, it, it just, I mean, this just started. In 2000? No, no, right, no, 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 it was like, it was around 2010. Okay, yeah, 2010, yeah, you know, sure. Or, 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 or uh, he's a toxic male. Or, I mean, I'm going, I, I, you know, it, it was like. I heard, big, that's the first time I heard that, heteronormative. Heteronormative. <laughs> Wow, where'd that one come from? It was a, great. It, it was a great, weird, right? It, right, and it was a, it, and it was a weird, it was a weird thing that just started creeping in, and then I realized 
I was not long for that profession. In fact, there there are greater, uh, more uh, famous writers. One of my, one of the best is a, a guy named Andrew Claven, who's got a, a oh I know him. Yeah, he, he's got DJ a podcast. Media, Pajamas Media. Yeah. Well, he was. He's now uh, with uh, Daily Daily Wire. Right. But ben he, he wrote some great books, and he had an incredible career in Hollywood, writing you know a Clint Eastwood movie and a Michael Douglas movie, and he had to leave because he, he was unemployable. He was you know he was he, he and and this is not me. I was just a schlep. Oh wow. But. But, I didn't realize that. Right. Yeah. So, so, huh? So, I, I basically. So, you're only as good as your last film. No, well, but what his point is, conservative screenwriters just were not good to get hired. Correct. And, 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 you know. You can well, it goes back to what we said before. We already have become part of the age of the dumb. So, sophisticated screenplays uh, aren't getting made because the audience doesn't understand them. It's not them. just sophisticated, it's conservative. It it got easy. It got easier to come out as a gay guy. Are you assuming that? Are you think? Are you implying on the concrete conservative that there's yeah. some kind of sophistication among liberals? There's pretend sophistication, but you're right. It was easier to come out as a gay guy than, than a a, as a conservative. But so I so I, I came and I said, look, my first love is is literature, and my first love is is books and novels, and and you know I had a good fling with uh, Shannon Tweed movies and horror. Oh, she's good. <laughs> Great actress. Yeah, well, she was she was a star of my. I life. really liked her as Ophelia in, in Hamlet. <laughs> well, so I I said, look, I I I'm, I, I want to tell stories and and, and I want to tell and I want to tell stories about what I've experienced and about how the world is today. So I decided to, you know, with with the Trump. I, first, I wrote a, a book called Jake for Mayor, about a dog running for mayor, based on a true story, which got really good reviews. Right, there, there was such a thing. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, and then I wrote this one, and. It's funny. I mean, it, I, I it's charming, and and I think pe- people on both sides of the of the. Uh, so does he get the girl or not? Well, you'll ha- you'll have to read it. Right. <laughs> but, I knew but, you were going to say that. Said, well, you just said it's incredible because they're right out of college and they're not reporters. They're at the Washington Post. Not it's it's semi autobiographical. What I don't know, maybe you you said it and I haven't read it because I skipped over in order to ask you the question. It doesn't say in the beginning how he got in there as a conservative and how she did. Was it something? Copied. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. They it just, didn't matter. They just. But they go to the Washington Post to. They're they're basically hired to get coffee, you know, answer phones. Yeah, that's they're, true. That you made very clear quickly. They're, they're gophers, but because their ambition and it's the Washington Post, which is the the Camelot, the mecca of young people wanting to be journalists, they end up there and they get a chance to write non-important stories. But because they're young, because they're right out of college, a, a, a situation comes up where there's going to be a big protest at a university. Right. And they want people to go under, the Post wants people to go undercover and figure out what the dynamics of the protest is. And because they, they look like college students, yes. they just were, they just happen to send these two, which is a const- contrivance. Of so the I got really lucky that I uh, chose that chapter to, to that, question because that's the beginning of the next phase of the book. The first arc is about the two of them and, and, and the orbit that they're in and, and how they meet and, and how they they fight, but you can tell the chemistry is there. You know, And you can also tell that Dr. Ballard is a freaking tenured professor because that, that, he's that, holding a pep rally instead of educating. That's in the middle, act, middle arc, and then the third arc is about the day, you know, now that they're a couple, 
They stopped being a couple because of the politics. The politics. That's basically. right. So they can't live together as a couple because of their politics. Well, political polarization. This is this is this is all I can say is it's based on a true story and and it's a lot of fun and I hope I hope people will give it a chance and they'll get some they'll get some laughs out of it whatever the outcome between Nick and Laura they, they'll get a, a lot of laughs. And, now and, you threw a hoodwinker in there, so it was based on what kind of story? Someone two that you knew two oh, people. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And are they really proud of your work? In other words, or did you represent <laughs> their their? Trist in the in a correct he way. Didn't tell him. He didn't go hell, go ahead. Or well, you haven't gotten their feedback I'll, yet. I'll tell you what. When you guys, when you guys out there help make this a bestseller, <laughs> I'll report with our uh, because you know 165,000 people are listening to us right That's now. Wonderful. Every so single person. Please get my book, Paper Tigers, and 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 I, I promise you a good time will be had. And well, so, what? Who was the publisher of this book? It's it's a Deeds Publishing. And From just, out of I, Atlanta, Georgia. And 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 he and he, and, and, and I, I I mean, I was gonna I was trying to get an agent and go into one of the majors, but by the time that process happened, God knows what's gonna be in twenty twenty. You know, right. I I couldn't I couldn't I wanted to go with a yeah, bigger. You, you got to get it. Out yeah, there. and and so I, I I found this very nice publisher that wanted to do it, and and they 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 did it. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very... Well, good. look at poor me. I just fund my own publishing. Yeah, I don't really yeah. analyze who my... It's available on Amazon.com. And, and Barnes and & Noble. All right, and so why don't you tell them? It's Lou Aguilar... Paper Tigers. Paper Tigers. Right. And, and I would love your opinion uh, if, you, if you get it. Okay, so let me ask you with a question I had before. Okay. Uh, when are we going to have, or are we ever going to have, a conservative Hollywood? Never. Okay, why is that? Because uh, it's it's too ingrained. It's it's. Uh, well, but it could be elsewhere, like in in Colorado and in, in Dallas. Okay. I think I think uh, Glenn. You know, you, you know what, you know what, you know what. Like the, the really answer why it will never happen is because, as far as the audience concerned, conservatives live pretty dull lives, nah, nah, nah. full of virtues and principles in their minds. No. You'd have to convert their schools first. Country and Western, uh, I'm sorry if you teams. don't. If you, you, this is really upsetting to me because I really find myself running circles around most of you. If you don't do one thing first, you'll never get the third. You'll if you don't do first base and wait 20 years, you'll never have a conservative Hollywood because you haven't changed the school. I miss, if I may, I miss. There's no, there's no John Wayne out there anymore. Why? Cause. We're all flim-flam now. I misunderstood the question. The question look, how, look how kids are expressing themselves today, not based on acts and deeds and virtues and well, principles. Ahead, it's based your, on their tattoos and how many they have on them. What was your, what on their was your bodies. Your, your question was, will there be a conservative Hollywood? Right. And, and you answered it correctly. Well, that, that, that's where that's I, that's It could where, be in Colorado. That, I think Phil that, Anschutz. That's where I went. That's where I went. Or in Dallas. Glenn Beck. It, it, it's, it's not a matter of location. <laughs> Okay. It's not. I mean, it has a matter of money, yeah, as it always is. You could have a conservative movie industry in L.A. You'd have to have a bunch of wealthy conservative people. It's all about the money. If you don't have money, guys, to put up money dollars, where could you have it? Where could you? Have I don't think it has anything to do with geography. All right. So yeah, why did you tell us? It has nothing to do with geography. It has. It has to. Uh, unfortunately, new media. I mean. Uh, Old media, which is Hollywood, basically, right. and the news media, is went in, in, went extremely liberal and 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 left in the late sixties. 
Right. And 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 I, I yeah, could, Midnight Cowboy I, when they won the uh, I could, well I, I wrote Academy I wrote, Award. I wrote about that. No, it was it was in one in one of my columns. Rizzo Rizzo. Yeah, it, it was Midnight Cowboy and it was The Graduate, Bonnie and Clyde. Right. Uh, you know, it just the counterculture just came in strong. McCabe and Mrs. Miller. That was one of my favorites. Came, came in strong, and 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 the media went way left. Unfortunately, new media, tech. Is also, ex- I mean, yeah. extremely so. And that, censoring conservatives. Yeah, that leaves exactly. So that leaves no, uh, conservatives with nothing. But there are people out there. I mean, somehow they fought their way. You know, the Rush Limbaugh being the first, and yeah, and talk the, radio and, is totally and they, conservative, it, right? And thanks to Rush Limbaugh, he he was the, the pioneer. Yep. And they found it was a money bonanza to have these thoughts that most people have that had no channel. Well, that was the genius of Fox News, which was, and also notice how they were both foreigners in the United States, one Australia and one North Korea, uh, South Korean in the Washington Times. So you had two people who could see from afar with binoculars and see that there's a niche market because one thing conservatives love to do is they love liberal movies because it's it's a life that they're not leading. Therefore, they're entertained by Liberals Manny, in you, movies. Manny, you're just wrong. I mean, I mean, you you, you really you really are wrong. I mean, the the movies the the movies about conservative people are just as exciting. Yep. The westerns, the, right. the, the 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 private eye, the yeah. dirty Harry's high are noon, just, are just, high noon, are just as exciting yeah. and dramatic. Yeah, and but it was always good a good guy, no, dirty no, Harry, going after the liberal guy, which is the criminal. No, it, it has nothing to do with excitement because uh, they're more exciting. Yeah. Uh, I, for instance, okay. Come on, Law and Order. You're assuming Law and Order is conservative. That's not true. Law and Order is it's, it's something we we support, but it's not really conservative. They For you to say that Dirty Harry is conservative, you don't have to go back that far. You don't have to go to Shane. Well, that's, I'm, that's when I stopped. Yeah, I, I stopped watching after a while. You don't have to go to Shane. You just have to. People have. If if you make a conservative movie, look, yep. Clint Eastwood is ninety years old. He's making conservative yeah, movies. he's doing one now about the uh, Atlanta bombings. Right. You know, and his last one, The Mule. Uh, you know, but it's still Law and Order movies. It's it. All, all I'm trying to say is, you will make more money because Hollywood is dying. Right. It, you know, they're dying. I mean, they know no it too. Going, no one's paying. The Will Smith movie is empty. Right. I mean, nobody's going to these movies except for the comic book movies because boys have nowhere to go. We had westerns. Right. We had John Wayne. We had Gunsmoke, Matt Dillon, yeah. Captain Kirk. You know, we had Death all, Wish. We had all these. We had all these guys. A boy today, Charles Bronson. A boy today has nothing. No right. one right. except no adventure. except maybe Captain America or no. Thor. Yeah, and that's retrograde too. And because even, and, and even those are, are we had that too. Even those have no. They have no sex. I mean, you know, John Wayne at least got to kiss a girl every right. now and then. These guys are just girl and men, and, and the caricature. They're the same. They're exactly the same. There's no difference. All right. So, boys, I mean, that's not reality. That's left-wing fantasy. You know, when, when I wrote, going back to my book, you know, the reason people are liking it on both sides of the fence is because it's about, it's about vibrancy. It's about heart. And, and, and lust and reality, you know? And and so if you make those movies, as you, you mentioned country music. Yep. You know. They tell you, stories. Your country music, 
they're not woke so far. No, they're, they're not. In fact, the Dixie Chicks lost their audience and when they still, came out against Bush. And they're still making, I mean, the, yeah, they're the, still, the I rock know. isn't doing In Houston, the rodeo, every night is a rodeo performance and a country western star. And if you look at their videos, I mean, the girls are super hot. They're the guys girls, are dancing. There are yeah, men and women right. getting together. There's nothing. It's yep. not Beyonce half-naked saying, you know, uh, you know, have, your abor- yeah, have an abortion. Right. You know? And so... <clears throat> The, the audience is there, but there's no there's no money system, right. the, and until until you find a Rush Limbaugh or a Rupert Murdoch right. for movies, I thought Phil Anschutz was going to do that, but I, I guess he's too old and that's past. Okay, and Glenn Beck was trying to do it, but he's he, not organized he enough. He, okay, I, I'm gonna I'll give a. I think he spent too much money on his on his studio. I'll give a quick example. Um, here's a I'm gonna pitch. Now somebody. Uh, I don't know. Did you say a hundred thousand listeners out there? They're probably one hundred and sixty-two thousand. We're on the internet. They're probably <laughs> live stream at wsqfradio.com forward slash live. This is, this is my idea, and it's copyrighted there with, you the, go. with the WGA. But I'm about to reveal it. Okay, here is my pitch, and this is already written, and it was almost it was almost made into a movie, and all all I needed was the money to make a movie for a million dollars, and I had. Eight hundred thousand of it, and here was and here was the plot. nobody would distribute it. Huh? No, no, it just I we couldn't we couldn't get a conservative to come in with the last two hundred thousand dollars, <throat> but it's more than that because then you have to do about printing, advertising, and, and you have to spend the same amount of money in distribution. A, it's not just a million dollars for the movie. It's a million dollars in distribution. Yeah, and, and and an advertise. Look, it's so a million dollar movie. You spend about four, you know, three to four million, but but really. But that, that's what Brad Pitt would spend on hairspray for a movie. You know, <laughs> you know it, 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 it's nothing. But here's the story. And this is relevant as it was. And I just wrote the script, and I had a major star, a legendary star, dying to be in it, saying, this is, and I'm, I, can't, I can't name him because right. I don't, you know, but he says, everybody would know him. He's got, he's got, Three, he's got the bona fides. And he's got one, one show that everybody of a certain age knows. And he's great. And he read a script. He goes, this is what I want to go out on. This is, a, you know. Your last this, hurrah. Yeah. This, this, is, this is it. Okay. What it is, is a law firm. It's a law firm that specializes, like the, uh, a law firm like the Beckett Institute or, uh, right, yeah. or who yeah. specializes just going around the country and fight. It's law and order. But instead of, you know, pro-abortion, it's religious freedom. Right. One just won a case in Maryland about the, the cross over the cemetery. Right, right. Yes, and the expressway. It's called Alliance Defending Freedom. That's cool. one of them. That's it. The Beckett Defense. The Fund. Beckett. Oh, and yeah. there, and there's a, so I thought, what a great story this would be about guys, no, not, not the uh, law firms that you see on TV. Like, right. like the firm. Like the firm. Law right. or Boston Legal. But about this law firm and the people in it that are true believers in the Constitution and the free and you know and freedom of religion and freedom of speech and and, and Second well, Amendment. We have some of those guests here. Right. So they go. What a dramatic story it would be to fight this giant corporation and these judges saying this cross has to go. Why? You know. Why does the cross? So, yeah. So a Ted Cruz type guy. So you could. So you could every week. Every week you have these heroes that used to be on the left fighting. The man, back in you know back right. in the day, Aaron Brockovich. Right, Aaron Brockovich. Just the opposite. These people that you know, they're uh, uh, nonprofit. 
and they get a little money, and they're crusading. All right, so let me tell you something. Yeah. We have had at least three of those law firms call in regularly. First of all, Institute for Justice, they're based all over. They have an office here in Miami. They fight, especially on uh, light occupational licensing. Uh, there's another one called Pacific uh, Legal Research, which is up in uh, Palm Beach County. And then we have the New Civil Liberties Alliance, which takes on the administrative state. Well, they're heroes. So we have, yeah, they're heroes. Okay, so we have them call in. They're so, our heroes. So I wrote a script, and then you, you, just wait, do, I have, do I have time to go into it? You have another I, half an yeah, hour, go so ahead. go ahead. I, I wrote a script about an agnostic girl who right. goes back to her uh, uh, for a grandfather's funeral outside of Chicago, and this is based on an actual case, mm-hmm. an actual true story that the uh, you know that 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 actually happened in Houston, but I changed it to Chicago. She goes back from from this Ivy League law school university. And all her clique of friends and her fiance, and she goes to her grandfather's funeral, and she finds out that at this national cemetery, religious expression is not allowed. This is true. This is a true story. Mm-hmm. Not not my character, but the actual right, case. Right, the actual right, case. Yeah. So that is, the priest couldn't say a prayer in the cemetery. In the cemetery, because. It's a federal land, and the people in charge of it said... Yeah, I think that happened in Houston. This, this happened in Houston, 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 Houston National happened, Cemetery. Yes. And I took this story, and I said, this is going to be a story that could be, you know, Aaron Brockovich, but... So, what, you can only bury atheists in there? I don't no, get no, it. you can bury anybody. You just can't... Yeah, the, lo- the local cemetery director had uh, interpreted it this way. You and, can't overtly yeah. give any uh, service, you know, you could know, read in private. And she's and, and she doesn't care. I mean, she's like completely agnostic. But her family is, you know, is is. And the priest says, uh, uh, he just reads out loud. He defies the and the cops come in and she can't she can't believe this. You know, the cops are coming in. They break it up. And so anyway, so it becomes a a, a, a milieu, and the family hires the uh, what I call it the Saint Ives Law and Law Sill. The St. Ives Law. Yep, that's good. And they come in, and they agree to take the case. But this girl, she, the the lawyer played by this guy, that this legendary star that everybody would knows, and he's beloved, sees how sharp this girl is and how useful she would be in this case. So she goes, okay, this is my chance to be in a big federal case. But when she makes that decision, her clique back to her law school her goes crazy. Her grades go down. Right. You know, her mentor says, "Oh, you know, you were I. I had a, a spot for you at this big prestigious law firm, but so after her, you took this position, her, I can't." Her right. world comes comes, and anyway, the, in in the real story, yep. they won. They they just destroyed. They said, "You know, you're reopening the chapel. What you're doing yeah, is yeah." But this was in Houston. Right. I don't know if it would happen in Illinois. It it, it, it doesn't. The, the point is, this story yep. would be great. Absolutely, and people. Would love it. Absolutely. And now, who was the actual nemesis? The court system, oh, or, no, it's a, or no, the no, cemetery? The free, cemetery? No, 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 no. It's the freedom from religion. It's the people. The a, a, right, 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 the right, right, ACLU. Right. They will come in wherever you are and battle for even a, a, a cross. Well, over. The, the thing that yeah, the it's funny. It's funny. I have. I have. Uh, I have a, a solution to that, yeah. and it, and it's not getting traction because the smarty pants that ruin this country think that they're smarter than me. Right. You know, like Ed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the it's very simple to pass a constitutional amendment declaring atheism a religion of nihilism, 
Therefore, they cannot well, be favored. One, one interesting thing. He, he has time out, point. and they cannot be favored. And therefore, right. if you're not favoring atheism, we're back in the saddle as a majority. Well, I think what Manny has a good point. Guess what? And when you guys nod your heads, no, you agree. like you like your atheism argument. No, no. You your defeatist mentality. His you declare is right because what he's saying is that there is no such thing as freedom from religion. Right. Everyone has a religion. Right, right, right. And the left, the atheists, hey, atheists believe in nihilism. But, but these guys have so much more money than. I'm sorry, they believe in something, yeah. and they believe in the absence of God, which is nihilism. You're yeah. right. but yeah. you're saying they have a lot of money. But you're right. The the establishment is now atheist. The, right. the, the, so, since so, the Constitution. So, 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 I just ask you, as a viewer, you know, that'd be very interesting. You yeah. know, let's say it's a TV show every week. Every week there's a case like this. The baker in Colorado. You don't even realize what I just said to you. No, no. I... It's, the, it's the nuance that should be included in the screenplay. The whole twist turn. Look, if, we, not... if, I were to suppose, if I were this main character and I have her case going on in court, what would it do to your screenplay if he stops and says, Your Honor, why haven't you, you as judges considered that what these individuals are representing in this cemetery, in fact, is a faith, a faith in nothing. Well, that's not how you win the case. You win the case or win If the case. there were a constitutional you amendment, the you'd win the case. Win the, yeah, but, but we're, we're, we're... We are favor atheism in this country. I, Completely impartial. I, I agree. Anyway, the, the title is called, I mean, not to get away from my book, it's called Welcome to the Catacombs. Because the catacombs is where Christians used to go during the Roman Empire to not be killed, or you know, and, and, the, the Catholics. And, and this well, girl, the Christians. This girl is basically, you know, yeah, I put agree. Yeah, now, what was the damage done to her other than the offense itself? What? What, what damage was done to her, other than the upsettingness of not oh, being? No, it's, 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 it wasn't even for money or nothing. No, it's, it's, it's just it's, a speech yeah, issue. It's, I mean, she's gone to. She went over. Yeah. From their point of view, from the left point of view, she went over to the dark side. That yeah, and her career was undermined her, by this. Her, her, oh, so the damage was that. She, her, her total future. No, she she has no case. She's, the case is, is back in Chicago or wherever. Right. You know. But she goes back to New England. Or, so that's just like a sub. Uh, but is there a subplot there? That's the subplot. Yeah, which her, is the, her, her, her life story, being ruined. But there's also the story of the, of the main case, which is actually. Do they forge at the end? Of course they do. I'm a good writer. <laughs> and if you buy paper tigers, you'll find out how good I am. So where is that project? Is that uh, oh no, it, 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 it's 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 on hold because it, of yeah, lack of funding. It, it, no, it's not because of lack. Yeah, because of lack of funding. Because there's nobody there. There's nobody anywhere near the film business that would that would take on this issue. Uh, un, unless you know. Uh, well, Mel Gibson would. Mel Gibson would, but he's got you know he's 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 too he's been drinking too long. <laughs> What about Philip Anschutz? He was trying to do something. Is that? I, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm just, I just threw it out there as, okay. as as a story that would make that a lot of people would like. That you know, and there's a million of them. There's a lot of people would like that would make money if if conservative uh, people would come in and say, let's make an alternative right. to whatever. Uh, well, that's starting to happen with like unplanned. How about the guy who did uh, Atlas? How about the guy who wrote the check for Atlas Shrugged? No, that was not a good. That, that was an embarrassment. I'm sorry. And I, love that. and I love the book. The concept, the, it was like uh, a, a wonderful plot line. It was already written, and he, he did the poor production. How about Unplanned? I know the Unplanned guys. Yeah, they what had, about that? They had my story before before uh, anybody. Okay. And they kind of... They balked. No, they... They, they passed. No. <laughs> they stole it. <laughs> that's, that's another story. Right. Uh, the Unplanned itself or something else? 
Huh? That's right. They stole his uh, story about the catacombs. Oh, they tried to steal it. They tried to steal it, and so you had to threaten for them to, not to make it. It happens a lot in Hollywood. I guess there's a lot of ideas going back and forth. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. So uh, that basically says I can't go there, but the audience heard that. So I don't know where you guys. Don't You're speaking worry. to 165,000 people. I said nothing. Oh, you said nothing. You're on the radio, don't worry. And you know, I mean, you're speaking of of counsel at Blink Radio, Ed Vidal. You anyway, got a gripe? Uh, Send him a letter. Anyway, Paper Tigers is the same kind of Paper Tigers is the same kind of thing. It's it's you have a hero that you you're never gonna get. Uh, uh, okay, but look, so let's talk about the industry. Where right. is it gonna go? Because we're in 2019. Next year it's gonna be a wild where's, year. Where's Rush? Where Where's Rupert? Well, yeah. Rush is uh, talk radio is very strong. No, I'm talking about the for now. Not for twenty years ago when he started. Right. For now. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, you know, uh, people want stories. Yeah. Look, most people, most most boys are looking at their cell phones rather than going to right. TV or, or they're playing video games or yeah, whatever. There's no stories. But, but I but I I was talking to my neighbor mm-hmm. and he was out in the hallway, uh, yes yesterday, and it was midnight, and he's a and he's a lawyer and he's about sixty years old. And he said, uh, hey, and I go, hey, what's going on? He goes, well, you know, it's my son's birthday tomorrow. My son's 12, he said. My son's 12. And I used to go to a movie, you know, I used to go see a James Bond movie, you know. And I have no, he goes, I have no idea what, where I could take uh, Frankie to. I have no idea where I can take my son to just have a good time on his birthday. I mean, it was no problem for us, Mm -hmm. you know. Again, we see James Bond or John Wayne or whatever, but there's nothing. There is nothing for, and and people other than to, a Game Boy, one of those game yeah, rooms. People have to realize that you know, boys. Uh, that's a whole other thing. The attack against the uh, the war on boys. Yeah, demasculating men. Is, is, yeah, is 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 by feminists. It's a tragedy. No, absolutely, it's a tragedy. And I and you can see it in our families now because men have run away with, from raising children. With Paper Tigers and my script and Jake for Mayor. I give boys a good time, men, young men, a good time about the way, not the way it should be, the way it is. It is. But you're not seeing it because Hollywood, again, and Hollywood and fiction is so woke that it's difficult. Right. Okay, you know? now explain to the audience what this word has become so popular these days. Woke. Why is it used? I, can't, I, I, I look the, the way the left is throwing words at us. Well, so what is woke like, in your opinion? Woke means that you have awoken yeah, you, to the politically correct point of view. That's right. The, yeah. So uh, strictly on politically correctness. Yes. So you can't be woke and be conservative. Yeah, so for no. example, some companies go woke, like uh, Dick's uh, Sporting Goods correct. recently destroyed five million dollars worth of assault rifles, right. and before that, they were refusing to sell them. And they were refusing to sell ammo. And I wonder so, why they're in Chapter 11 now. Dix is not in Chapter 11, but their president has admitted that their, his decision has cost him like 500 Half a billion. Yeah, half a billion dollars. And uh, so that's an example of what— So they know, will be in Chapter 11 well, shortly. Not necessarily, but the, 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 the answer is go woke and it'll get woke and go broke. But here's, a, but here's another word. Here's another phrase that's brand new. Because okay. they're coming down the pike and they're making speech. Virtue signaling. Yes, that's well, a big thing. Which is he would rather go out. He would rather dick folds 
you know, right. but virtue signal, hey, right. I did virtue. the right thing. Well, that was why how Obama was elected. Correct. A lot of white folks wanted to signal that well, they're not racist, that they're ashamed of their white privilege, and the way you signal that is by voting for and supporting and having an Obama bumper sticker. So that's a very important thing from 2008. I'm a culture guy. I'm an uh, I'm a writer. I'm a, I'm an artist. So you know, all I worry about is telling good stories yep. and not be uh, and 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 get it well, out there. You know, Aristotle said that uh, he was a philosopher, and he said that uh, literature could be more truthful than history because history just told you what had happened, <laughs> but literature kind of made sense of it and made the point. And In content, fiction is absolutely is is absolute truth. Same with, same with music. Music, if it's well-written, especially country music, tells the story well, yeah. of the idiosyncrasies in life and the duplicities and the heartbreaks. Yeah, it's really interesting when you compare country music today with rap and uh, uh, whatever, hip-hop. It's just totally... Well, it's the number one It's the number one selling music is country music. Always will is be. Really? Because well, it resonates with people. More... And, I, and, I'll you, and I'll tell you what is the number one selling uh, literature. Romantic fiction. Women's romance. Right now, now I I mentioned this in, again again in Paper Tigers. The, the last arc takes place dealing with Hollywood and the producer. Mm-hmm. So, if if you're gonna gar- be guaranteed making half a million dollars, excuse, excuse me, half a billion dollars on a romantic movie uh, based on one of those gothic right. romance, which sell like crazy, Harlequin romances sell like right. crazy. Well, Is there an example of a Harlequin romance anywhere in Hollywood? I mean, they sell like crazy. They're on the market. They don't. They don't make them. Yeah. Because you know, it's a a woman. It's a woman desiring to be rescued. Yeah, Jane Eyre and Jane Austen and all that stuff. You're the Cavalier. All right. So I am going to really freak you out. Okay. Uh, I'm going to send you an email when I get back, and it's going to totally knock you off your your (laughs) butt because here in the state of Florida. There's a group called the Florida Citizens Alliance, uh-huh. and they are reading, and I'm helping them, they are reading all these books that have been recommended for young people in Florida schools. And there's about 20 or 30 of them. I'm going to send you the list. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I saw one that says Dreaming in Cuban by Christina Garcia. I've never heard of it. Uh, and I'm going to send you that list. It looks like all the, all the books are contemporary. They were written since 2010 or the last 10 years. And they look like a bunch of junk to me. In well, fact, they, I'm sure they are. The yeah, but don't judge a butch, uh, book by its no, cover. No, no, no. But the, but there are, there's a committee of people reading this, and they're going to report back. So I'm going to get you. Do you mind if I get you involved in it just to get to know what's well, going on? You mean you mean help me sell books? No, well, of course yeah, you I'm can lying. Say, you can say, look, instead of this junk, <laughs> they should be reading my book. I, I, one, two, three. I think I think young people, boys and girls, right. would really enjoy. Young, young, young people. My first book, Jake for Mayor. Okay. Especially with an election coming. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Because it's about a wonderful dog in Colorado. You know, do you you read Spanish? I do. Okay, Jose Marti Ah. wrote La Edad de Oro. And that was aimed at young people. I read that when I was in Cuba. I I lived there until I was nine years old. And that's when I started learning English. And a book like that really gives young people like an overview of great literature. And so my introduction to the Iliad yeah. and other, you know, w- was Jose through, through Jose Maiti. Oh, well, and so that's, I mean, that's the sort of thing people should be reading, classic books. Well, Yeah, we educated our kids just, just to read, for Christ's sake. There's, there's <laughs> great, look, there's great books. Being, I mentioned Andrew Clavin. He's got a young right. adult series. He's got, he's, he, and he, and he's got something called, uh, uh, he's got a, an, a radio thing called, an, an audio book kind of called uh, Another Kingdom. 
okay. which is delightful. But but my for young people, uh, Jay Vermeer, and for older people that just want romance and, right. and humor and fun and politics and wit, Paper Tigers, please. All right. So you guys, uh, as you read through these textbooks, oh, are you planning to achieve anything or is it just – Run well, around I the edges. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just uh, helping him out. I'm just giving. Him I an and since well, since this this thing was this station was built based on projecting uh, a core value to get to the problem and solve the problem with big ideas, not rhetoric. I've been watching and listening. I don't know if it's more watching or more listening of so many more qualified people than I, so debased to just impress themselves to listen to themselves in the mirror and they'll never solve the school problem. If you think the school district's going to listen to anyone of anyone uh, criticizing the books they've already chosen, they would have to admit they're wrong to get rid of the books. You would have to sue them on every single book to get the book taken out of the curriculum. The thing is they, they've hounded they've hounded conservative thinking to the point of of 100 years. Uh, yeah, and, and and the swamp. And when I look at and when I, when I look at Donald Trump, I mean, he reminds me you guys all know the Godfather, right? Yeah. You know. Well, you now you're falling into liberal hands. Right. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but the, the wonderful thing about the Godfather is that the main guy, Michael Corleone, wants nothing to do with the family business. Right? Yes. Nothing to do with the family business. And until an incredible assault on the family and his father is shot to bits and left for dead, and it's not until he goes to the hospital right. and, and sees, and he, and, he, and, he, and he just goes, I'm with you now. So with Trump, the way he has been hit and the way he has fought back yeah, is, his... is an amazing story. I mean, nobody else, and he's right, he says it, nobody else could have survived it. Nothing. Nothing. And, and he's a phenomenon. And that's driving them even crazier because they've hit him, even corrupt cops, they've hit him with everything. 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 The most corrupt of the and, DOJ, and, FBI, and CIA, DIA. And on top of that, he's got China going on, North Korea the, going know, on, and, and look at the other side, Putin going on, and look at the other side and what they're like. And they're so mediocre, man. And talk, talk about deplorable. I mean, so if anything I can do, and as I said, I'm a fiction, I'm, I'm a storyteller, right? And as a storyteller, uh, you know, I, I that's my that's my part. I hope. Well, you know, and your part is listening to my story. No, no I mean, uh, we would invite you to. Uh, you think you could stand on your own for an hour without having anybody pep-talking you? Uh, yeah. You, you, well, why don't you just come to Blink Radio on a specific time and storytell? I would love it. Yeah. So we we would welcome you back. You know, this is what this is all about. This whole thing was built on people who are not going to be paid, who love this medium. Well, seeing as I, as I, have, to, as I have to bike 500 yards, I think I can... Uh... Well, if you're, if you're a local resident? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know that the majority of the people who've taken advantage of this radio station are not Cuban scanners, and that's usually the story, which I find almost predictable. You guys, you guys are doing a, a really. I mean, I was listening. I was listening to the guy, both the uh, the candidate and uh, something. She's right. amazing. I'm I'm writing a check for her as soon as I get home. And Anna Paulina. Anna Paulina. And, and, and she she's already on her fourth and, or fifth visit here. And and and, and the persuader guy before. Yeah, that, no, he's was, was, I mean, what yeah. he what he said about the scam yeah. is one of the most brilliant things I've heard. Why do Jews, you know, support the Democrats? Because they don't want to admit they've been fleeced. Brilliant, you know, brilliant. Yeah, that's uh, that the, the same happens in public school. Yeah. 
why don't we want to reinvent the public school system? Because then we'd have to blame ourselves as parents. Manny, your ambitions are much loftier than mine. You want to change the Constitution? You want to turn atheism into a religion? That's fine. I just want to tell stories about the way it is and the way I know it is. Because everything the left is throwing at us is fantasy. Men are not women. They can't become women. They can't. You know. Well, whenever I talk to a tranny, or I've, I've had people say, <sighs> oh, they were upset by the word tranny. I yeah. said, well, when are you having the chromosome transplant? <laughs> you know, you got to have... Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, since, their argu- since their arguments are so poor, they have to change the rhetoric on their poor arguments. You can only live in the Matrix for so long. And there's another movie reference, you know. And, and they and, and Don't they take a red pill or something yeah, exactly. to get out? Yeah. And, 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 and they live in the Matrix. And I'm sorry. Uh, the... the you can vote for you can vote for Trump and the Republicans. Get you can close. Vote for Trump and the Republicans, or you can vote for that freak show that happened at CNN oh, yeah. Thursday. Now I'm more concerned about yeah, the LGBTQ with a, nine, yeah. with a nine-year-old girl with her beaming mother saying, "I mean, you know, I'm a nine-year-old, Amer- you know, transgender American." Nine-year-old. Going, That's child abuse. No, of course it is. But any, but even saying that is controversial. You know. Yeah, she, uh, she definitely, she, uh, she should have sought help for her daughter, and instead of allowing her to transgender. Well, unfortunately, it has now, to be stopped. There's a lot of people now who are having regrets. I'm, I hope they didn't have the surgery. Well, I, I coin a phrase in my book that I call it the progressive virus which is the politically bipolar disorder that scratches the hard drive of a liberal's mind. Okay, but it's it's more computer virus than it is biological. Okay, and it it basically is counterintuitive because the protagonist seeks to be the director of your destiny and mine. And I got support because I actually I am agreeing with someone who couldn't figure out how to connect those dots. His name is Lyle Lasseter, Dr. Lyle Lasseter. He wrote a book called The Ridiculous Mind of the Left, you know. And you read his book, and it started going over my head because I'm not a shrink. So he was going places where he was counseling liberals, and he realized after 30 years in practice testifying on behalf of the criminal and the prosecution, he realized the liberal mind is criminal mind. They, they thought the same. And he just doesn't go to the next step in his book to say they're bipolar. He can't call criminality bipolar disorder. He just can't do it. Medically, he just can't prove that. So he tries to get as close as he can in the book. So I go, I wrote him an email and said, look, I'm going to go ahead and say it since I don't have a PhD. Let them attack me for it. But isn't it a politically bipolar disorder? He goes, that's what I meant to say in my book. So why didn't you say it? He goes, because I'm a physician. I'd have to prove it medically. And I go, well, how about simply counterintuitive political philosophy that undermines what they're trying to achieve and undermines it? They themselves undermine themselves. Like I told you, windmills that kill birds. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, a, 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 a free reign abortion that drives down the birth rate to pay for the Social Security tomorrow. There's no one to pay for Social Security tomorrow. You know? Uh, 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 the murder of a, uh, of a pregnant woman is double homicide. It's already a fact. Therefore, it's acknowledgement that the life is in the womb because if a man kills a pregnant woman, he gets charged with double homicide. So what's the argument? Speaking of the choir, look who's on TV. You just missed. Uh but, but, but by the way, if I may, I, I, uh, I have a col- I write a column for American Spectator, right. and uh, if, if you li- if you like what I have to say, and uh, please uh, check and you heard this interview, yeah, please check out please check out that incredibly. Okay, great- now we're gonna ask one for you. Yeah. How about somehow, yeah. some way, when you write an article at the American Spectator, you Hello. plug us somehow? Yeah. 
I went to my hometown, Key Biscayne, Florida. I went to their community radio, and I found two fascinating talk show hosts. Well, this has been this has been. I, I, I really, I, I, you know, appreciate the opportunity to, and and, and you guys. Okay, been, so the last nine minutes. Yeah. Let's tell the audience what we don't know exactly how it happened, but your family, my family. Somehow, you have a better idea about this than I am. That's, I, an, incredi- that's an incredible story. Yeah. It is an incredible story and because Blink my, Radio. My, my, my mom. Wait, wait, we have to do that. Kind of, you got to give me a moment to lead into this so that the audience knows. There was a, uh, there was a time and a, and a place in my life where this wasn't even a possibility. It wasn't even a consideration. It wasn't on my mind. I just knew of the story, which is the story of La Semecu in Cuba. Which and all I knew. Which is a legendary. CMQ. That's all letters. I'm not going to make a statement. You correct me if I'm wrong, because if I am wrong, I'm in trouble because I've repeated it several times as if fact. It was my understanding that La Semecu was uh, 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 in competition with uh, Radio Union Radio, okay? But La Semecu, what was different between La Semecu and Union Radio in Cuba was the NBC affiliate license with the United States, which makes it the first foreign radio station outside of the United States. So much so that La Semecu was the first a radio station to fly over Cuba continuously to televise, or I should say telecast, the World Series. And so I'm right there so far. Mm-hmm. Then come broadcast by flying a plane to connect the transmission of all the antennas in Cuba so that everybody could hear the game. And they just flew this plane the entire nine that? innings. What year was that? The, it was the Babe Ruth World Series. What year was that? Uh, in the 30s? Yes. Okay. Okay. So the the plane flew the entire nine innings. Everybody heard the game on the on the radio. Great. And then comes Aguilar's family, the other Meche, side, my mom's side, the mom's side, the Metres, who brought in the investment, the capital, and the vision because they believed in radio and my, I mean in TV. And our family did not believe in TV, but wanted to see it happen. So go take over the story. Uh, no, I, I can't tell. I can't tell half of it. My 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 mom. Uh, is, is a mestre. Is, is a mestre. She is daughter of which one of the mestres? She's the daughter of Luis. Luis, who's brother of Grau. Os- no, no. No. O- Oscar and Abel mestre. There were three brothers. Okay. Lu- Luis mestre, uh, uh, Abel mestre, and Oscar mestre. Okay, so then uh, Grau, the founder of, who was a partner of La Semecu, must have been their father. Yeah. Correct. Wow. Correct. So, yeah. So here we are together here. And, and, and she said, and she's always after she, she's always after me to learn more about the the Cuba stuff. And I said, you know, unfortunately, Cuba. Where were you born? I was born in Santiago. In Cuba. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you left? Six. Okay, I was nine. Oh, and uh, and I, I I always say to I always say to my mom, much to her uh, despair, that I don't really delve into Cuban history because Cuban history stopped in 1959 and has not moved since. Yeah, now it's Bolshevik Cuba, so it's completely different. And and, uh, I I don't want to read about the heroism and the Jose Marti and all the wonderful bravery that made it an an amazing culture and society and then 60 years of stasis. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard for us because we've been sounding this alarm that America's facing right now. We've been talking about it for a long time. And now it's so damn obvious to us and it's just appearing its ugly head to Americans. It's interesting because I went to this American Priority Conference at Trump National Doral, and there were a lot of great speakers. 
but and and then you know Laura Loomer was great She's and great. Anna Paulina. But one that. guy who made an impression on me was Donald Jr. And Donald Jr. has become a really great speaker. But he told a story. He said, "How is it that I, a son of a, a billionaire, Ivy League, New York City, how why am I such a conservative?" And he said his mother was from the uh, Czechoslovakia, Ivana Trump, and he was born in 1978. And his grandfather on the mother's side was an electrician in in Czech Republic, in Prague, I guess. Hmm. And so he says from the time he was five or six, every summer he would go back to Czechoslovakia for uh, four weeks or six weeks. And that was during the 80s, so 83 on until. And he said that his father, his grandfather, took him around and made him stand on the food lines, haciendo uh, cuela, to, to get... So you can understand what the Cubans have been going through. You could see the problem right. of a communist society. They don't. There's not enough food. Yeah. The basics are not there. That's why so, I tell my liberal friends, guys, you might think I'm extremist. You might think that I'm exaggerating. But, right. man, when that food line breaks out, brothers, yeah. I yeah. will yeah. be serving. Yeah. But here, here's the thing. Look, I, I actually just tied what you guys are saying actually right. ties in because I have lost so many friends. In, in L.A. and right. from the industry, the movie business. Right. I mean, good friends that we used to pile around and joke with, right. but because of... Because Donald J. Of, Trump. Because of Trump. Right. I mean, it was bad enough because I was a conservative. For, for, them, when, to, for them, a conservative is a racist, homophobic, right. sexist, pig. You right. know, and, and, and we have to be right. to justify the reaction against us. We have to be that, you know? We have to be... Because otherwise, no matter how much we disprove yeah, it, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. The, the, the progressives are not interested in empirical proof. They they have their own you know ideology. They live in the dream world detached from reality. And it's documented that they will drop unfriend or whatever you call it. Right, right, right. Much right. more than the. Oh much yeah, more absolutely. Than the, no, I need my liberals to hang around, or else there would be nobody to debate me on the no, on no. my. It, it's funny because I was at a wedding in in July in L.A. Yeah. And I was at the the daughter's. Uh, the 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 father is one of the leading real estate lawyers in California, and uh, after the wedding, my wife and I we was near Simi Valley, California. We said, "Hey, it's only fifteen or twenty minutes. We're going to go over to the Reagan Library." And I said to this lawyer, top lawyer, I said, "Look, I want to hear when uh, Reagan went to the Berlin Wall and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear, tear down Reagan. this wall." And his response was, "Yeah, that's what Reagan said. And now this president wants to build a wall." Oh, and I said, if you can't tell the he, difference he between the Berlin on... Wall and the wall on the southern border, you know, you, there's no moral compass. I, I, I don't know how much time I have left, but here's a, here's a quick quip from Paper Tigers. Sure. Okay. Party scene, Washington. Nick, because he's mad in love with Laura, goes to her party thrown by her boyfriend, mm-hmm. who's a legislative aide for a Harry Reid type. Let's okay. Say, you know. okay. And, and so... He said, "Whatever I do, I don't want to get in a fight with you. See, I don't want to, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't. Don't to, spoil it for her. Yeah, I, yeah, I won't spoil it for her. So he's there, and of course, no matter what they say, he tries to stay silent. They bait him. But you know, and he, occasionally he loses and says something, and they start getting like really, and especially her boyfriend starts getting mm-hmm. really mad. Finally, he just goes, look, let's not, please. I, I don't want to talk politics anymore. Is anyone going to watch the Redskins game tomorrow?'" And then there's dead silence, you know. Because they're like the well, Redskins. Yeah, there's dead silence. And you go, well, what did I say? The Redskins. We don't use the name of that team. You know, 
Because of the Indian. Yeah. Right. Why not? He goes, it's offensive to Native Americans. This guy's from Wyoming, right? Oh. And, he, and, he, and he goes, how? And he says, well, it, 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 it's bad for the, it reflects on the color wow. of their skin. And he goes, have you ever seen an Indian? My, my hometown is named after, you know, right. Cheyenne. It's named after a tribe. Have you, your skin is whiter than right. your, you know. Pale. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's, they make up their own rules. I, I think that the Miami Marlins should be called the Miami Mambises for the Cuban uh, revolutionary uh, rebels. The Miami Mambises, don't you think? And then they could they could sound their, their charge would be a deuayo going after the Spanish troops with uh, the machete. I would have called in, um, the Marlins, I would have just called the Mambo. The Mambises. No, the the Miami Mambises. Mambo. No, 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 the Mambises. Yeah, but it doesn't sound right. Uh, because plus it's machete. What would the logo be? A machete and a horse? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the end of our show, man. It was thank you for thank you, very much. Thank you for being here. No, you guys are and uh, come back. Yep. You know, it is where we are. We have another caller, uh, Clouser or Adam. Oh, Adam's gonna call us here it's for Columbus Day. We're gonna celebrate Christopher Columbus. Okay, so yeah, so we gotta end this show, and um, let me end this show so that I, uh, we can. Do statues and story, that basically. Was Lou Aguilar at, on Concrete Conservatives. WSQF 94.5. Stay free, my friends. Packing them up with statues and stories. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide. WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.